Hello everyone and welcome to the Arsenal Way and we're back at you again with the Arsenal Agenda So the daily show from 9.30am Monday to Friday and I wish I was talking to you guys with a bit more excitement but we waited, we waited 16 days for a performance like that against Crystal Palace last night, a 2-2 draw. I'm not happy, I'm joined by two guests, I'm sure they're not too happy either. Guy, how are you? Well, I'm good this morning, albeit, albeit I think I feel like I've woken up on the wrong side of the bed after that performance. It was, well, first 20 minutes were fine. And I suppose the last 10 when we were really pushing for it was kind of the stuff you want to see. But everything in between an hour of, of miserable football, I suppose. Absolutely. I was also joined by Chris Davison. Chris, how are you, mate? Yeah, not too bad. Thank you. As, as guys said, I'm obviously just really disappointed after that performance last night. You know, um, really attacking lineup. I'm sure we'll go in into more depth in, in a moment, but you know, with that really attacking lineup, a lot of quality going forward. I expected a lot more, and we started well, took the foot off the gas, and then it was a same old story from there, really, wasn't it? Yeah, same old story under Arteta. It just seems it's happening on a regular basis now, but. We was doing well until a certain player did get substituted. Kai Saka was 1-0 up and then he came off of Sambi Lukonga at half-time and it seemed he collapsed from there. We lost the attacking threat that we posed. Guy, the red card, should should McArthur have been sent off? Surely, right? What was the referee thinking by not giving him a red card for that challenge? Yeah, well, obviously, James McArthur, through, the, through that kind of period of, of time, 10 minutes beforehand, he tripped up Abameyang off the ball, hadn't he? He'd gone through, I think it may have been, uh, Partey in the midfield as well and he just seemed to be on a collision course for trying to wipe out every Arsenal player and obviously Saka was it MacArthur Saka had just tripped just before or was it Milivojevic Saka had just tripped someone hadn't he? he he got a booking and then all of a sudden it was a free kick it was cleared and when Mike Dean blew the, the whistle I was a bit like oh what's he given here is it a push or whatever and then you saw the replay and there was no subtlety in it whatsoever from McCarthy. And actually, I know Bakayo Saka was forced off injured and Mikel Arteta after the game has said that they are going to have to assess it. He might be a risk for the Aston Villa game at this stage. But I have to say that <clears throat> there really could have been sort of further damage done to Bakayo Saka, a bit like how Granit Xhaka picked up his injury against Tottenham in terms of not expecting that kind of contact. I'm sure Bakayo Saka's body wasn't braced for getting booted right in his the back of his, his right calf as he was standing there trying to hook the ball clear on the edge of the box. And I have to say, when I saw it back, I thought he might be in trouble. But I think the way in which VAR is being implemented now, where they're wanting to get involved less and less, personally, I, I don't think there was, there was any much chance it was going to get overturned, albeit I think if you go around on a football pitch kicking people in that fashion, you should be giving your marching orders. Absolutely. And I just want to plug a piece that I've done a few weeks ago that Burnley fans don't like how I think Arsenal should protect. The referees should do more to protect the players, especially Bukayo Saka. We saw in the Euros of Chiellini and he does get attacked. Norwich, he was getting aggressively tackled as well. And now it happens at Crystal Palace where we're going to lose him. And Chris, now we it could look likely that Saka's missing for Aston Villa game. the Aston Villa game. What does Arteta do next? How does he fill this void? Well, it's obviously um, a big void to fill, isn't it? Uh, Saka has, has been impressive in recent weeks. You know, obviously had that slow start to the season, but turned it up a level against Tottenham. Looked uh, looked all right last night. Uh, just to echo what Guy said, I can't understand the the thinking process of, of Mike Dean there in that decision. Um, but Kay Saka's lucky to have a leg still intact, if I'm being perfectly honest. Um, and MacArthur should have been booked prior to that as well. So it should have been a second yellow. And... Um, 
I remember watching it at the time that the ball's up here and, and McCarthy is looking down here towards Saka's leg and he's just taking a swipe at him, you know, near the ball. Um, and uh, yeah, uh, really bizarre decision for me. Um, and like I said, Saka's actually quite fortunate to come away from that, um, you know, without serious damage. It does because it is what well, it appears there's no serious damage been done there, but obviously it was still a, a a heavy knock that he took. So we'll, we'll have to wait and see how things develop. As Guy touched on, Mikel Arteta said last night, they're going to have to uh, keep an eye on it over the next few days, see see how he recovers, see how the leg is feeling come Thursday, Friday. But, um, you know, Arteta still has uh, plenty of attacking options. We saw Gabriel Martinelli come off the bench last night. And although he couldn't create too much he did try and make things happen obviously we saw that burst of pace that burst of energy when he came off the bench um and he did try to to get things moving going forward putting a few dangerous balls into the box um and was clever with his play so obviously he can always come in i think gabriel martinelli you know as, as you guys will know is someone who i've been really keen for for us to get to see more over the next few weeks to get more minutes um, because he is a huge talent huge potential but he has found it difficult to really stamp his place down into the side. So, um, yeah, this this development with Saka and depending on how, obviously how how his leg uh, is holding up towards the end of the week, it could open the door for someone like Gabby. So, you know, we can't make excuses. Arteta's still got plenty of attacking options. Pepe, Smith-Rowe, Odegaard that he can use in different areas as well. Um, so, yeah, we'll have to wait and see. But, um, yeah, I don't know how Crystal Palace finished the, the the game with 11 players on the pitch last night. Yeah, it could be the perfect opportunity for Martelli to break into the squad if he does get selected for Aston Villa. So he did do well when he came on last night. But guys, lastly on this topic, let's say MacArthur did get that deserved red card. Do Arsenal win that game or do they not? Million dollar question, isn't it? Um, I'm not sure they do. If I'm being if I'm being brutally honest, I don't think they do. I was I was sat there through the second half watching the game and watching the the clock tick away and thinking to myself, let alone where's Arsenal's next goal coming from? Where's our next shot coming from? There was that move even down the left hand side where it was chipped in towards the far post to Aubameyang, and you thought he's going to head the ball back across goal. Then he backed off trying to bring it down and completely lost his footing, and it just went away. And you're kind of thinking. You've got someone like Aubameyang in and around the, the six-yard box, and he's not even making contact with that. I, I made my feelings clear on Aubameyang yesterday. I, I think he gets a lot of unfair sort of stick. You see, yesterday, that goal he scored was elite finishing. Weaker foot, tight angle. I know that it was an open goal, but at the end of the day, he still has to put the ball in, and that was exactly what he managed to do. And I think the thing with Arsenal is, we need to we need to work shooting opportunities more. Mikel Arteta was asked about Thomas Partey after the game, and I'm glad he was because this has gone on for too long of this this kind of joke thing of oh Thomas Partey likes to shoot from range and ha ha when will he score? It's it's detrimental to the rest of the team that we get into areas and all of a sudden he just feels the need to to shoot. There was the one that went very close indeed last night, but the second one where he sold a dummy, skipped round two players, got himself five yards close to goal, and then shot. Kieran Tierney was wide open on the left-hand side and could have cut it across the box and maybe there we, we would have seen a goal. But I was glad Arteta was asked about it because for all of the, the slow, build-up, ponderous play that Arsenal won and the way into build-up and suck a, an opposition onto us and, and then try and exploit them out wide, Thomas Partey's shooting, to me, doesn't seem to fit into that. Yet Arteta, after the game, speaking about it, was kind of encouraging it, saying 
he needs to get better at his shooting, but he needs to be continuing to shoot because eventually he will score. Well, there's been no sign in the, the 40 games he's played so far for the club that he is going to all of a sudden become this kind of goal-scoring regular threat from outside of the box. So for me, it needs to be knocked on the head and we need to actually just try and get the ball to our attacking players who, funnily enough, have built careers off scoring goals, but we're not servicing them. Yeah, I think it says a lot really about our attacking play. I think pop shots from Thomas Pais just should not be happening. I think even Smith-Rowe done it in the first half when Pepe was through on goal instead he decided to take the shot from outside the box. It looks like we just doesn't we don't have that attack of fluidity, that attack that attacking symmetrics where you know you're going to play your next pass. And I think that's always been a big problem under, under Arteta. We saw last season as well. Scoring goals has been a bit of an issue for Arsenal, really. But I'll just getting some of your guys' comments now. You clearly, you guys clearly think it's a red card, as Kasim says, very poor referee and Lay Pitch says red card. It was definitely a red card, guys. I don't think there's any debate in that. But now we're going to move on to a player who was taught to start last game after Brighton and Bamiang struggled. Lacazette, now he came on and changed the game for Arsenal, really. You saw how the impact he had straight away. He was getting the fans into gear. The stadium suddenly changed. And we actually looked like we was going to score with Alexandre Lacazette. Chris, what do you think of Lacazette's performance? What, does, what did he prove in that game against Palace? Well, this this tees up my new article that I'm in the process of writing um, pretty nicely. Um, and look, I think that cameo we saw from Lacazette last night, I think highlights the difference in mentality between himself and Aubameyang. And, you know, look, let's, you know, let's not be around the bushes. Aubameyang has been a fantastic player over the years and he's a natural goal scorer, absolutely lethal in front of goal. And I don't think he's, he's ever been doubted. His, his ability has been doubted over the last several years as well. But I think we're now going into a, a new time and a new period where that doubt is starting to creep in. He's, what, 32, I think, now. Recent performances and recent seasons haven't been uh, at the same sort of levels as, as, as previous seasons. You know, his Borussia Dortmund days, his early Arsenal days, not quite been the same. And it is concerning and it should be talked about. Um, despite him being, you know, a really important player for Arsenal over the years and signing that new contract and everyone wanting him to stay, uh, he's still a top player. But the question is now, and the, the thing that I have doubts about, is is he going to bag Arsenal 30 goals a season? Well, based off the lack of chances created from the whole team, no, he probably isn't. He probably isn't. And based off his performances so far, not just this season, but last season as a whole as well, no. There's, there's nothing that tells me or gives me confidence that Aubameyang's going to score, bag 25, 30 goals a season for Arsenal. And yeah, it's a big concern. And when I saw Lacazette come off the bench last night for around, what, the last 25 minutes, I think it was. And, you know, we're speaking about a player who has been out of favour, who hasn't got many minutes so far this season and has nine times out of 10 been keeping the bench seat warm. I was so impressed with his attitude. He came off the bench, he entered the pitch and straight away, and I remember saying to my girlfriend watching it, I said, cool, he looks up for it. He looks up for the challenge and he, he got the fans behind the team. He was interacting with the supporters in the stands, trying to get them louder, trying to motivate the team a bit more. And his runs that he made, the positions that he got into, the nice link up between him and Aubameyang, it was a real handful for, for the Crystal Palace back line. And 
as I said, for someone who hasn't been playing a lot of football recently, and obviously there's a lot of talk surrounding his future at the club, and he's obviously got that one month left on his contract. We don't even know if he'll be here in January, let alone next summer. I was really impressed, and I think it does highlight a big difference in mentality between him and, and Aubameyang. Aubameyang, look, of course, we can't doubt his quality, as I said, and he is a he's a, he's a, up here. He's a winner. He wants to score goals. He wants to win games. Of course, he does. But there's just moments, especially so far this season, and again in in the game last night. Apart from that that goal, which Guy said and, and rightly so was a really good finish. There's just moments where I'm looking at and I just want more. You know, we're talking about a striker we paid a lot of money for, who is, you know, said to be one of the best in the world. And at the end of the day, when Arsenal are struggling and needing a bit of extra quality, he should be the man, or at least one of them, providing that bit of quality up front in goal, being a big difference for the team when when we're struggling, uh, perhaps. And he just hasn't been that individual in recent times. And... You know, apart from the goal, he made a few good runs back. He tracked back and made some good tackles, put on the pressure well. But apart from that, really, let's be honest, there wasn't much from him. And as soon as Lacazette came on, I thought he'd done a lot more and provided a lot more danger and a lot more enthusiasm than what Aubameyang did throughout the 90 minutes. And, you know, we, we can talk about last night, but it was a big problem against Brighton as well. He... he he looked good against Tottenham, then against Brighton, he was quiet, nowhere to be seen, gets subbed off. Um, and yeah, uh, like a few Arsenal players in this team at the moment, Aubameyang can be very hot and cold. And if we want to win football games, if he wants to be the man in the team to make a big difference for us up top and moving forward, then he can't afford to be hot and cold. None of those players can be afford, can afford to be hot and cold. They need to be hot all the time. They need to find that consistency as a team that is the one big issue Mikel Arteta is facing at the moment, consistency. And if we want to win games, if we want to compete with the, the top teams in the league, if we want to climb the table and have a really strong season, we've got to win games like last night. We've got to win games like the Brighton game. We've got to win games like Aston Villa on Friday. It is as simple as that. And if we can't find that consistency, and if this is something that continues to happen, then I think questions should be asked to Mikel Arteta. Yeah, it's pretty damning for Aubameyang. And this stat will back your point up here, Chris, as Lacazette had seven touches in the opposition box yesterday, whilst Aubameyang only had two. And of course, Aubameyang started the game and that is pretty worrying. But Lacazette does have a dog mentality and I don't think it's very unique. I don't think anyone in the squad has that. Lacazette is very one who's passionate. He, he can tell he wants to win every game. And I think that is very unique. And Lacazette is... He would be the perfect backup striker. We saw yesterday the difference he can make. And that's what you look at. That's what you look at for a backup striker. But it's just that I don't think he's willing to accept that role, unfortunately. I think he wants to be starting, but he is really a perfect backup striker. Guy, we're just gonna move topics here with Arteta's tactical change. Did you do you think maybe Arteta should look to be playing Aubameyang and Lacazette in the same team at the same time because you saw those two linked very well yesterday. Suddenly we had attacking phases of play where it looked fluid that we have not seen the whole season. But with Lacazette and Aubameyang, he actually looks quite good. I think it, I think it all ties into the same thing. You say that they're like let's change tact, but I mean just a quick sort of say on Lacazette. Last season he was my favourite player because he comes in and he offers that energy. I think the thing with Lacazette, I think. It, <clears throat> there's a couple of things. A, when we signed him, obviously it was during a time where 
Atletico Madrid even wanted him then, but they had their transfer ban that allowed us to, to steal a march and, and bring him in. And then six months later, after becoming a club record signing, we bring in Aubameyang. And he's kind of always been in the shadows. And because Aubameyang comes in with such a high profile, everyone immediately takes to him. But I have to say, for me, Lacazette's a fan's favourite. And he's the kind of guy you want to see coming on, leading the line, helping do what he does, coming on and, and picking the team up. I just don't personally think his quality is at the level of probably the contract he's on right now. And as you say, the squad role, and he's not going to will, willingly sort of take a hit on what will potentially be his last big payday and will hopefully probably look to, to go somewhere else. And there's always kind of been this feeling that he is kind of passing through. Yet at the same time, he does have that kind of, as you said, winning mentality and that ability to kind of just bring everyone kind of together and, and really kick on. And as soon as he came on last night, that was the thing. And as soon as he came on as well, he brought the best out of Aubameyang, that link up for the shot that Lacazette had. And I think that's the thing with Aubameyang is getting bodies around him. We've seen him be put out on the left wing and isolated out there. He doesn't do much. We've seen him play up top and isolated up there. Yesterday, fundamentally, the issue was the midfield and how deep the midfield. After we, after the first 20 minutes, we were dominating the game. And for some reason, all of a sudden, we just dropped right off. Thomas Partey was playing in a wide midfield three and the ball kept bypassing him. And all of a sudden, Gabriel and and Ben White were being exposed time and time again. And we seemed to completely lose confidence in, in our bottle, really, and drop right off. And then we were clearing the ball up the pitch. And that's not Aubameyang's game of setting that platform and, and trying to get things going. Yet it is Lacazette's. And when Lacazette came on and played up alongside Aubameyang, it worked really well. Now, is that the time now for Mikel Arteta to look at it and go, right, I need to make sure that we're getting bodies in and around Aubameyang. And if that means playing a front two, We've not seen a front two at Arsenal, I'm, I'm going to say off the top of my head, since the days of Adebayor and Robin Van Persie in, what, 2008, 2009? Eduardo was around at sort of a, a similar time, but we've always played sort of one striker ever since. And I think those two, they're such good mates off the pitch. You can see their chemistry on the pitch. To me, it'd make sense to pair those two together. And as I say, try and get the best out of Aubameyang. And I, I kind of feel as though I might be sort of flogging a, a dead horse here with this narrative. But I'm just on the, the Premier League website and looking at Aubameyang's stats overall. He scored 67 goals from 129 shots on target. That is better than a goal every two shots on target. I mean, he, he is top, top level. And that's what we, we need to get him in the positions to have the shots because then the goals will come. It's a simple game sometimes. <laughs> Literally, absolutely. Just get Aubameyang in the box, get bodies around him, and he will score goals. As you said, he's a top-quality striker. But your guys' comments are interesting. It looks like you're siding with Lacazette almost. As Daz Max says, keep Laka and sell Orba. Interesting. And this is this is also followed up by Sally. Laka all day makes an impact. He is the striker to go for. Otsiwika says, I don't understand why he benched Lacazette. But yeah. You guys seem to favour Lacazette. I don't blame you after that performance yesterday. But Chris, to help with the strikers, now we've seen Arteta, he's gone with a 4-3-3 or 4-2-3-1 formation, which hasn't helped Aubameyang really. We see Pepe gets the ball, he looks isolated. Whoever's on the left midfield also gets isolated once they're in the attacking positions. Is there a way Arteta can change the formation possibly just to get more bodies around Aubameyang or whoever's playing in the, in the attack? You know, obviously Arteta can switch things around a little bit. Um, to try and get the best out of Aubameyang, absolutely. And we've, we have got a lot of creativity within this team. You know, we talk about Smith-Rowe, we call, talk about Saka, we talk about Odegaard. Um, Pepe last night, again, 
uh, very frustrating at times, um, gets himself into some good positions and has some really good opportunities to to, to play people in and to find find his teammates. Um, but uh, he couldn't really pull it off. But, you know, it, as Guy touched on, you know, maybe two up top with, with a, a duo of Lacazette and Aubameyang could be tried out. You know, I don't think Arteta is going to change too much. I can't actually envisage him, you know, uh, go into two up top with with Lacquer and Aubameyang. Um, I'd be I'd be relatively surprised if he does does if I'm if I'm being honest. But you know when you're struggling to find goals and you're struggling to create opportunities, as Arsenal are at the moment, and you know we saw Aubameyang um, endure a difficult performance again last night, as he done, has done a few times recently. It's important to, to to change things around a little bit and to try different things, you know. And um, how Arteta does that remains to be seen. We'll have to see if he changes much on Friday. You'd think that, you know, he probably might do, considering last night's performance and how it panned out and how difficult certain players found it to actually break through the, the Palace back line and. You know, I just want to see a little bit more urgency, if I'm being honest. You know, and I think if we see more urgency going forward, we'll see more of a threat from Aubameyang, you know. And there were times, and the guy sort of touched on it earlier, but there were times where I was sat there last night watching the game and I thought, right, well, Arsenal are just having a moment. They'll they'll sort of turn it up a notch again in a minute and, you know, we'll go forward, we'll have an attack, we'll look dangerous. But I kept finding myself in a situation where I was saying that every few minutes. I don't know. We'll, we'll, you know, we're just having a moment. We'll, we'll, we'll go up and attack in a minute. And it just never really came. That moment just going for, you know, being confident, Arsenal moving forward and creating something or scoring a goal. Just, it, it just never arrived for me. I don't know about you guys, but that's how it was for me. And I just never got that sense of, you know, obviously when Lacazette came on, I thought, yeah, he's really up for it. He's going to score a goal here. We're, we're going to do something. And Gabriel Martinelli made a difference as well. But beforehand, I thought, what, what what's the point of us even being here on the pitch? Because we're not really creating much. We're not looking, you know, urgent to, to, to go forward. And we're not really looking enthusiastic to score a goal and get back on level terms and, you know, potentially go on and win it as well. So we scored that first goal and then just completely took the foot off the gas. I'm, I'm, I'm like, why? Why do that? It's, it's not been the first time. It's happened quite a few occasions now. And uh, we can talk about, you know, the lack of goals and the lack of chance creation. And they are two big factors in the reason why we're having a, a difficult season. You know, um, it's, it's frustrating, especially with the amount of talent we have in this squad. But the fact that we keep, you know, having a fast start and then taking our foot completely off the gas is just really infuriating to me anyway. And as I said, it's happened on a few occasions now um, and it happened again last night because um, let's face it, you know, the opening stages of the game, we were in cruise control. We, we looked the better team, defence looked comfortable, um, you know, dangerous on the attack, a lot of urgency, a lot of energy going forward scored the goal and it was if you know the players thought ah you know we've scored our goal now we're 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 in the lead we're comfortable palace aren't offering much going forward we'll be I see this out but it says a lot no. though doesn't it it says a lot in terms of how we've been on it for for 25 minutes nearly now looking yeah. back on last night's game when 
and, and talking pretty much exclusively about our attacking problems. When the two goals we conceded were two very sloppy midfield mistakes, yeah, we've not even seen need to highlight Partey and Lokonga for what were glaring yeah. individual errors. But it's because we're nearly 100 games now under Mikel Arteta's tenure at Arsenal, and we're still having the same issues. Tom mentions it an awful lot about there's no plan B to stuff. Well, at the moment, I'm, I'm still yet to be convinced by plan A. I mean, where is, and yeah, okay, it's crying back to, to, to Arsenal of old, but where is that kind of swashbuckling ability to just completely dom, especially at the Emirates, pen aside back? That first 20 minutes last night was so refreshing that it seemed as though we were back to, especially off the back of the Spurs game, back to having a side come to our place and absolutely dominate them and just whiz the ball round like a hockey puck and just watch them getting confused and scrabbled and hoping that we were going to go and put two or three goals on them. It's just, it's just not happening. Um, I know the jury's well and truly out on Mikel Arteta. And I, I have to say, I was one after the Tottenham game who was beginning to think, actually, that might have been the moment where things clicked. He's been able to kind of bring in an awful lot of players. Now, this is maybe his side. And finally, we might actually be at that position where we are ready to start taking steps forward. But it's moments. It's the FA Cup run of moments. It's the the, the game at Chelsea, Martinelli scoring. It's... It's all just moments, but at the moment, we're almost 100 games in. I think it's 96 games under Arteta now. And I don't know about you guys, but I'm yet to be convinced that actually this is all stringing together to be something greater than the, 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 the sum of its parts. Yeah, and I think I think it's actually really important, as you touched on, Guy, to to speak about Party and Lukonga really quickly. We've you know we've talked about Abami and his struggles, so it's only fair we touch on on these two as well. And I must admit, I was. I was really disappointed and surprised, you know, for especially for someone like Thomas Party. I think overall he wasn't he wasn't too bad, but there were quite a few occasions where he took too long on the ball, he got caught out. Obviously, that goal is just sloppy, and you'd expect a lot better for someone such as Party and with his experience. Um, uh, so that was disappointing. And Laconga, I just think it's a you know it's a sign of his age and his inexperience. Um, there was quite a few players that got caught out last night or slipped over and, and gave the ball away. But, um, you know, it's a big learning learning curve for him uh, as well. So, um, you know, yeah, they they were two big disappointments for me, as well as obviously the, the lack of attacking threat and the lack of urgency. Um, you know, the, the, the two goals we gave away were, were, were pathetic, really, and, and shouldn't be happening uh, at all. So, um, you know, I... Mikhail Arteta can say after the game, you know, a draw is better than a loss. Well, yeah, obviously it is. Um, and, you know, it was it was good that we didn't lose. We've, we've taken away a point from the game better than nothing, of, of course. But still not good enough. Nowhere near good enough. Um, we won last night. We win on Friday. We're in the top four. That's what's at stake, you know. And um, as I said, if we want to... If we want to climb up that table, if we want to compete with the best in the league, if we want to have a successful season, we've got to be winning games like that. And uh, yeah, there's it, still a lot to stop to still a lot to sort out for Mikel Arteta. And that's that, that's as Guy touched on, you know, thinking after that Tottenham game, oh yeah, things to come, things are looking good on the up. And I, you know, I thought, yeah, all right, I'll give Mikel Arteta the benefit of the doubt. That was a fantastic performance against Tottenham. Although looking back at it, I think Tottenham were 
just really awful as well um that, that contributed but we still played some lovely football we were up for it. we had the urgency we had the the attack and threat we had the um we had the passion and the mindset of coming out of that game with the three points whereas last night just seemed the opposite and that's worrying for me that's a big worry so yeah uh, we've got to go into that that game on friday really up for it because if we don't get the three points out of that Arteta is playing a risky game yeah absolutely absolutely I think you mentioned the Samuel Conga and party mistakes what we saw last season really was individual errors leading to our losses and now our demise and that's been a theme under Arteta and I think it's sad to say this but we've seen more progress with Patrick Freire's Crystal Palace in a few games than we have seen with Arteta in almost a year and uh, almost two years now so it is worrying to see for sure but just looking at some of your guys comments you are also not happy with Arteta at all. As Magambo says, we are a mid-table club now. Lose three, win three, draw two, no consistency at all. And I think that's been a regular theme for Arsenal this season. Just no consistency within the side. The defence plays well and then we concede stupidly. And it's just been a regular theme. But thank you guys for joining into the show today. Guy, thank you, mate, for joining us. Yeah, cheers. Feel as though I've, uh, I've got a lot off my chest there. I hope there's, <laughs> there's, there's a few in the same boat that you're here. Chris, thank you, mate. Yeah, cheers, Bailey. Unfortunately, you couldn't be talking a bit more positively about last night's game. But hopefully, come next week, come the weekend, we can be reflecting on a bounce back from Arsenal on Friday. But um, thanks, Bailey. Thanks, Guy. And thank you to everyone for tuning in. Appreciate it. Absolutely. It may be a blessing in disguise that Arsenal's next game is on Friday as it is a short turnover and Arteta can make amends for things. But guys, make sure you leave a comment, you like and you subscribe to the Arsenal way. But more importantly, you keep following us down the Arsenal way. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah.